You're listening to the Jesus for Everyone podcast, a podcast where we talk about the intersection of faith and social justice and what a first century Jewish prophet of the poor from Galilee offers us today in our work of love, compassion, and justice. To support this podcast, go to renewedheartministries.com and click donate. Are you seeing calls for societal change that threaten the status quo today? Uh, And are you seeing concern and fear from the establishment towards movements uh, for distributive justice uh, or for a larger uh, swath of people? Welcome to the Jesus for Everyone podcast. My name is Herb Montgomery, and this is episode 317. Our title this week is When Change Feels Too Risky. Our feature text is Matthew 9, 35. In Matthew's gospel, we read these words, Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and curing every disease and every sickness. This is a picture of of Jesus as an itinerant teacher. He's traveling from place to place, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom. And the rhetoric of kingdom, it was meaningful to the original gospel authors and their audience. For us, this language is deeply problematic, and we need to find a different language to express the ideas behind it. The empire of God contrasted with the with the uh, empire of Rome, uh, th- that contrast makes sense in, in its original context, but distilled to its core, uh, the kingdom was Jesus's vision for a human, a just human society here and now. Not everyone in Jesus's audience was, was disadvantaged by the Roman system, though, and many benefited from how power and privilege operated in Jesus' society, and they didn't perceive the gospel as uh, or, or Jesus' good news, uh, uh, Jesus' new social vision. Um, they didn't perceive that as actually being uh, good news. And in the gospel stories, Jesus meets deep resistance fear and and anger even from the very beginning you can find this in Luke 4 28 through 29 Luke 13 14 the elites met him with suspicion, and they accused his teachings of being dangerous. The sector of his society that was privileged and powerful, the establishment, they raised complaints, it says, quote-unquote, and they warned about the changes that Jesus was calling for. In John 7, 12, it says, while some saw what Jesus was sharing to be truly good, others felt that he was deceiving everyone. And consequently, Jesus faced censure and rebuke from the establishment. He endured being labeled as a heretic, as an outsider whose views, if adopted, they said it would end the entire nation. And this group's initial response to Jesus' teachings and popularity that response was fear. Look at in Luke 16, 16, the law and the prophets were in effect until John came. Since then, the good news of the kingdom of God has been proclaimed and everyone is attacking it. That's my own personal translation there of that passage. In Matthew's version, Jesus assures these leaders, don't think that I've come to, to nullify or demolish the law or the prophets. I've not come to nullify or demolish the law, but to, to, to fulfill it. 
it. And for truly, uh, I tell you, uh, until heaven and earth pass away, not one letter, not one stroke of a letter will pass from the law until the whole is brought into existence. Therefore, whoever breaks one of the least of these commandments that I'm about to teach here and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom. Whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom. For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and the Pharisees, you're not ever even going to be able to enter uh, the kingdom. And again, that's a translation of Matthew 5, 17 through 20. Now, Mark's Jesus uh, may have opposed certain popular interpretations of the Torah, but as in Matthew, what we just read in Matthew, Mark's Jesus was not nullifying the law or the prophets either. Uh, rather, he was interpreting the, the, the law and the prophets in ways that that uh, that Jesus at least felt were I think were, felt that were a return uh, to to those teachings and Malachi three one through five if we uh, go all the way back to there it says I will send my messengers who will prepare the way before me I will come to put you on trial I will be quick to testify against those who defraud laborers of their wages who oppress the widows and the fatherless and deprive the foreigners among you of justice. Now, these are the very passages that are referred to in Mark's gospel in the very first chapter, Mark 1, verse 2. And note that the crimes in this verse are exploiting workers, oppressing the vulnerable in a, a patriarchal system, and the ill treatment of, of migrants. Uh, the passage in, in Malachi then goes on to continue in Matthew 3, or sorry, Malachi 3, 9 through 10, you are robbing me. Bring the whole tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Now watch this. Many believe that the tithe that's referred to here, this again, this is the passage that Mark is referencing. The tithe that's referred to here is the poor tithe, a tithe that's more like a tax that was collected by the temple priest for redistribution to the poor, to the fatherless, the widows, the foreigners. These are the groups in context that are being spoken about in Malachi 3, 1 through 5. These, this is the tithe that was to go to them. The instructions for this tithe are taxed to be collected and redistributed to these social groups. The basis for that is found way back in Deuteronomy. In Deuteronomy 14, 28, it says, At the end of three years, you shall bring forth all the tithe of your produce in that year and shall lay it up inside your gates. And the Levite, because he has no part or inheritance with you, and the stranger and the orphan and the widow who are inside your gates shall come and eat and be satisfied that the Lord your God may bless you in all the work of your hand which you do. This was a tax that was to be paid uh, by, by the wealthy, by those who had had uh, good returns on their 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 harvest, and it was to be, a portion of that was to be taken from them and then dispersed to the poor. In Deuteronomy 26, 12, it says, when you have finished tithing all the tithes of your produce in the third year, the year of the tithe, you shall give them to the Levite, the stranger, the orphan, the widow, so they can eat to satisfaction in your cities. Again, this is this is the basis of what Malachi 3 is saying. You're, you're refuting, 
you're exploiting workers. You're not taking care of, of the fatherless, the orphans. You're not taking care of the widows. You're not taking uh, care of, of the strangers or, or, or as the, the text puts it, uh, the, the foreigners. Not only were there were the people's profits to be taxed and the, and the proceeds distributed to the poor, the widows, the fatherless, the foreigners, what some folks would call a success tax today in our system, uh, the council in Deuteronomy 14, it went on into chapter 15, where even every seven years, all debts were to be canceled. These social policies of the Torah unilaterally restructured accumulated wealth and were designed to prevent the people of the Exodus from ever returning to a system of slavery, specifically economic slavery. They were designed to dismantle inequality, to to, to redistribute uh, wealth and, and to guarantee enough for everyone. Attempts to hold a surplus and control the forces of production or the means of production and, and, and accumulation of those resources, th- those attempts were to be regularly interrupted by these uh, uh, principles. Th- these were the Jewish roots of Jesus's teachings on debt forgiveness and the redistribution of wealth. Yet no matter how deeply Jesus's social vision was rooted in his own Jewishness, the social changes that he embodied in his teachings They threatened too much for the elite of his day. Jesus, yet he he, he met their anger, their fear, the fear of the elite class with determination. He saw that people had to be won from fear of change uh, to love and compassion, especially for the excluded and the exploited. In John, the elite's fear is palpable. In John 11, 50, it says, you do not understand that it is better for you to have one man die for the people than to have the whole nation destroyed. The good news that Jesus proclaimed, despite their fear, was an announcement of his social vision. But many saw that, again, not as good news, but something that would destroy the nation. In the stories, though those disadvantaged within the system responded positively, misrepresentation and fear followed Jesus' followers even after Jesus had gone. They, too, were, were met with accusation by those who felt threatened. In Acts 17.7, it says, They're all defying Caesar's decrees, saying there's another king one called Jesus. Um, Jesus didn't claim to be a king, um, uh, but nonetheless, there's this fear, this misrepresentation there. The disciples had experienced something beautiful in Jesus's political, economic, social, and and even theological teachings. The, the, Jesus's followers. At this point, they were proclaiming not the Pax Romana or the peace of Rome, uh, but the peace that comes through Jesus and his vision of a just future in Acts 10.36. They were not praising Caesar as Lord, rather they were proclaiming uh, Jesus as Lord. You can see that in Acts 10.31.36. And these believers were not chiming in with all the rest of, uh, of society and proclaiming Caesar as the Son of God. Instead, they named Jesus as the Son of God. Acts 9.20. It seems that they continued this contrast between the empire of, of Rome and, the, and Jesus' empire of God. And they didn't proclaim Rome or Caesar as the savior of the world, but instead they claimed that Jesus in his vision was the savior of the world in 1 John 4.14. But, but what does all of this mean for us today? Well, 
quite honestly, are you seeing uh, in your own uh, sphere calls for societal change that threaten the status quo today? Uh, and are you seeing concern and fear from the establishment towards movements uh, for distributive justice uh, or for a larger uh, swath of people? And, 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 and to be honest, change is just about that. It's change. But the economic changes found in Jesus's teachings, they were supposed to lead to life, not a world where some have more than they could ever possibly use while many go without. And we can choose to leave things the way they are each time in society when we're faced with these choices. We can also choose to, to, to shape our world into a safer, compassionate, just home for everyone. I'm, I'm watching things unfolding around us today and hoping that these words from Luke's gospel will not also be spoken about us in Luke 19, 41 through 42. Even if you had only known on this day what would bring you peace, but now it is hidden from your eyes. If we don't make changes soon, uh, Mother Nature will make those changes for us. But when we leave this level of change uh, to nature, it doesn't come softly. And, and it's hardest on people who are vulnerable and exploited. It would be much better for everyone if we chose change today. We have choices to make. Heart group application, do you see any parallels in, in this week's topic and what is presently going on in the U.S.? Discuss any parallels that you see uh, with your group. What social, economic, or political changes would you like to see made in our present society? Have have uh, each person in your group make a list and then have those people prioritize their own lists uh, from most important to least important and then compile those lists and to get a sense of, of how your group feels uh, collectively. And then number three, pick the top three from the collective list and brainstorm ways that your group can work toward these changes. And then select something from this discussion and begin putting it into practice this coming week. Thank you for checking in with us today, right where you are. Uh, keep living in love, choosing compassion, taking action, and working toward justice. Another world is possible. I still believe that. I love each one of you dearly. I'll see you next week. Mm -hmm.